14 minutes it is before 8 p.m. And uh, we now take a look at the top business stories that are making markets uh, move on this Wednesday. And uh, I guess uh, one of those also came out uh, yesterday from the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, uh, the chair of the Federal Reserve here, suggesting that uh, the situation around coronavirus remains a fluid one. But uh, in an attempt here to contain the fallout from the virus, uh, Federal Reserve in the U.S., uh, similar to our own uh, South African Reserve Bank here, uh, they've come out and slashed into interest rates uh, over the last day or so and uh, yeah policymakers unanimously approving uh, this uh, one-time cut an emergency rate move it's been called and uh, the last time this was done was uh, in the depths of the global financial crisis and uh, we're also going to take a look at some of the other stories that have come through here and uh, some interesting developments uh, even in the private schooling space and uh, Norwan Lemtumbeni now joins me on the line and uh, she's an analyst at Emergence Investment Managers. Norwan, good evening to you and welcome to you once again to a Metro FM Talk. Hi, I'm Mungunjani. Good, good, good. good. Norwan, let's start here with uh, this decision here by Jerome Powell and uh, his counterparts at the Federal Reserve in the U.S. What do you make of this? And uh, certainly, uh, from where I'm sitting, probably the first monetary policy-type response that's come from the West uh, to this challenge of coronavirus. What is going on? (laughs) 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 I've just been, you know, this whole week, I've just been like, you know, the world's going crazy. Um, You know, I read, I read a very interesting, you know, comment, um, which I think is very appropriate about, you know, my sentiments around this is that, um, you know, basically went along the lines that the Fed controls money, not desire. Mm. And it's supposed to make it easier for people and business to satisfy their desires to spend money by making credits more readily available, for example, by making it cheaper or service. It's not meant to incite desire. And this is exactly what this cut was meant to do, is to create desire. So really now um, it, it, it brings to question, I, at this point I'm really you know, questioning the credibility of what the central banks are trying to do. Mm. So no, why is it desire for what? Desire for cheap mm. money and cheap money to do what with? Spend. Yeah. Okay. Spend. That's all. Spend. That's it. That's all really is. Spend. Because, you know, from a consumer, obviously their spending drives economic activity. And they're hoping probably that it will offset any, you know, supply side, you know, any glut in the supply side. So, you know, I think that is all it really is. Whether it's, you know, people going out spending more, allowing, you know, financing to be cheaper for people to go. It's just stimulate the economy to be able to continue to print positive GDP numbers. Mm. That's all it is. It, it is as simple as that. There's no other, you know, secondary elements creating liquidity in the market. But the problem with this is that, for example, the bank's profitability is going to get hurt because it's okay for a bank if you do 25 bits here, 25 bits here over a longer period. But as soon as you give these really deep cuts, it is face the profitability. So, you know, you know, it's, 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 and it is, it is a, a panic response for an uncertain event, which is quite problematic. And mm. I think you're going to see more of this because now there's this central bank coordination going around everywhere where everyone is now going to, especially after the Fed um, cut the kite, I mean the cut, everyone else is going to feel the need to because there's this kind of like coordination that's always happened among central mm. banks when it comes to especially monetary easing. Yeah. And it's worrying. It's worrying for emerging markets especially because obviously, you know, we're on the other side and, you know, there's a winner and loser in, 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 in these dynamics between, you know, where the currency weakens the strength and, 
And so it's, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mess right now. Okay. I want us to pause there for a second. And when we come back, I just want to take a quick spot break. But when we come back, let's take a look at uh, what's happening there in the life of... uh, uh, one uh, Roy Bagatini, a former Levi Strauss executive and uh, the incoming CEO at uh, Woolworths. Now, uh, he uh, set, uh, set to get 1.4 million shares as part of the group's retention share plan, uh, linked, of course, uh, to his own individual performance. We're going to take a look at that and also some of the remarks that have come through from the Minister of Public Enterprises, who's hoping that some of uh, South African Airways' domestic routes will be reinstated. But all of that rests on the business rescue process. Uh, you tuned in to Metro FM Talk. It's our business wrap, and we continue on the other side. Eight minutes it is uh, prior to 8 p.m., and you tuned in to uh, Metro FM Talk. We're wrapping up our top business stories of the day, and uh, helping me to do this is uh, Nolwa Andle Mtombeni, analyst at Emergence Investment Managers. Now, Nolwa Andle, uh, I want us to just talk briefly here about uh, you know some of the... Uh, uh, remarks coming out of uh, the Minister of a Public Enterprise, or the Ministry, I should rather say, because he speaks on behalf of the Ministry, I would assume. Uh, Minister Pravin Gordon saying he hopes that some of these domestic routes of the national carrier will be opened. Uh, and uh, But, uh, of course, the final call really rests uh, with the business rescue practitioners after their national carrier had been brought into voluntary business rescue towards the end of last year. What do you make of this? So I think he's, you know, I think he's, Doing his part to promote his views about, you know, the necessary but the necessity for, you know, SAA to be saved, mm. and he is, you know, not allowed to really interfere in the process, but you know, he'll still make his views open to the public, and obviously, you know, they've made it quite clear that you know they're going to save SAA the budget speech. Mm allocated money specifically. So we know that that is the, 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 the choice that has been taken as far as SAA. Um, and I think at this point now, um, he, I think also what is true is that, you know, SAA, as long as it's not operating the routes, it's losing market share. Mm. It's also destroying confidence of consumers in the brand. So it's very hard to get those people to come back. So I think on his side, he's, you know, doing his part to kind of keep, you know, people still thinking, you know, SA is coming back, SA is coming back, you know, going to get the roots back, the roots back. So I think he's doing that on the sidelines mm. because at this moment in time, I, I imagine if anyone is trying to book a flight, the last option is SAA. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's the, the biggest risk. I mean, I mean, a lot of the things that you're raising, uh, you know, this uh, issue of, I guess, losing market share by perception uh, and uh, the lack of certainty around a clear route network plan for SAA, uh, which uh, certainly gives a lot of travelers the jitters and even travel insurers and some of the uh, travel agencies as well uh, a lot of jitters. Uh, we'd heard last month that all of this would be sorted out by the end of February. I mean, I thought by now, uh, you know, the business rescue plan from the practitioners would have been out. Uh, am I missing something? You know, you're not missing anything. I think, you know, it's how, what happens when you're trying to save a, a company who's, you know, in terms of its prospects and its viability, it, it's quite difficult. So, you know, I imagine for these business practitioners, this is the first time they've ever had to deal with this type of problem mm. where they actually probably don't know themselves exactly how is this to be sorted. Because let's be realistic, if it was as clear-cut as, you know, just cutting few routes, this problem would have been solved a very long time ago. So I imagine just to be able to identify this optimal root structure is very much a bigger task than they bargained for. 
So this is one of those problems that, you know, you deal with. You only come across it every time in your lifetime. It's a once-in-a-lifetime event. And the people conducting the business rescue, I mean, I imagine they themselves are just, you know, kind of trying to make sure that they're doing the massive numbers and, you know, they hope it works out. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of it. Nobody knows whether this is going to work out. It's not like having to save a distressed company. There's many of those. It's very easy. We know what to do. Fix the balance sheet, inject yeah. money, get sales. It's, 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 it's textbook. This is not textbook because it's very mm-hmm. different. Okay. Lulwanja, let's talk briefly about Roy Bagatini. Uh, 1.4 million shares he gets there and uh, as a performance incentive. Um, and I guess, it's, I mean, a lot of people, uh, certainly in, in the media space, uh, many uh, financial journalists have argued, you know, this, this really is going to incentivize him here to, uh, in line with his own individual performance plan, to try and turn around uh, the flagging retailer and uh, a food entity here. But, uh, I mean, from where I'm sitting, I mean, we've certainly seen many of these kind of performance incentives uh, certainly are going, um, I guess, uh, tail up. And uh, the other big question is, uh, a lot of the other things that his predecessor was on the hook for, group uh, uh, earnings, uh, EBITDA up, uh, David Jones sales and earnings, uh, you know, uh, uh, Woods fashion sales, talent management, strategy formulation. Uh, maybe with the strategy formulation and the succession planning and the talent management, uh, I would say those things are within his control. But uh, some of the other ones, I mean, uh, uh, one would think there, there are a lot of other issues that would influence that. Uh, and uh, maybe it's not just on him and his management team. But talk to us about this incentive. And uh, more importantly, I guess, uh, what um, this often uh, creates in many of the management teams and in the corridors of power within the world of business. Mm-hmm. So in a situation like this where someone is coming in to do a fix-up job, I think the most palatable you know, remuneration is it has to be a long-term incentive. Mm. That's, the, that's the only one that you can bring to investors. You can't upfront give them a big cash bonus, sign on bonus. It'll be fine around because he's basically rewarding him before he's done anything. Yeah. So the really, when they had to lure him in, they had to obviously give him a big check because he was really earning, I mean, earning about 57 million already on his previous job. So they had to at the least match him and it had to be shared because at least when it comes to issuing shares as you know, a remuneration, it's part of it. It's a long-term incentive scheme, meaning that they'll only best after a certain amount of time. Mm. And they'll only be worth anything if you've actually change the company around so the share price has actually moved up. Yeah. You know, otherwise you, you mean it's same as, you know, having it gotten rid of the market the same price. So that is the idea and it's it and it is just in that it is a good strategy. It's not unique. And I think any company that brings in someone to do something as fix the company around, um, you know, they have to kind of make sure that the incentives are aligned because sign of bonuses signing on bonuses are just found upon now. Mm. Because many people have taken it you know, so same yeah, thing. I mean, even his predecessor, Ian Exactly, exactly. He got a sign of both. Exactly. And gone are the times now where people get a free ride. You know, we, we have started taking remuneration much more seriously mm. as we've seen how even the blue chip companies can mess it up. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need to take yeah. it even more seriously. I think many of these guys get paid. Uh, ton loads of money um, for, in some instances, things they can't control. And, I mean, maybe, you know, if I look at this one, I think if you're on the hook for the earnings of key divisions that you have direct line of sight over and uh, influence and control over, then, you know, it's a different story entirely. But uh, I certainly hear your point, Nolwanja, that uh, to lure this guy from Levi's, uh, a lot had to happen. And uh, I guess it could have been worse. They could have given him what uh, was given to his predecessor, sign-on bonus on top of that uh, uh, involvement in the share incentive scheme as well, in addition uh, to that cash payment. But uh, let's shift our attention to the private 
basic and higher education sector now. Now, uh, one of the players here, AdvTech, seems uh, to be strong here. Uh, I guess um, notwithstanding a very, uh, I should say, mild trading update uh, with growth between 2 and uh, 7%. On the earnings side of things, it seems their tertiary department continues to carry them. But uh, I'm more interested in what's happening in the uh, schools division. So uh, the school story, you know, <laughs> two years ago, you know, the sector was flavor of the month. So the growth prospects were great. Government and the public, se- public sector was doing badly in terms of growing schools. And you had all these players entering the space. And, you know, you know the likes of Cures and Advertech, we had the bidding war that happened not too long ago, which was, you know, made things quite exciting. And, you know, we had these huge forecasts in terms of, you know, where this growth should be. Lofty, lofty multiples. And then, like every single other company, the economy, you know, showed him flames. Mm. So the reality started catching up with these projections. And that's what I've realized, you know, even through myself, is that, you know, even when an industry has great growth prospects and structural dynamics are in favor of that, you really need to take a, a huge cut on what if the economy turns around you. Mm. And it, 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 it has a, and because you used to think that education is a expensive sector because it's non-discretionary. Um, parents have to send their children to schools. But, you know, parents can also skip payments if they can't afford it. Mm. They can downgrade to cheaper schools. They can migrate to the countries if they're not happy. So all these things that people were not factoring into, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen is actually happening. Mm. Now suddenly you're starting to think, do we need to send our children to the most expensive school, which is what is sitting in, 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 yeah. in Advertech? Yeah. Advertech has the premium end of the market. And, you know, now you let you think you do 100,000 rand a year, um, doesn't make sense. It's a tough economy, mm. you know. A metric is a metric. So those <laughs> kind of things are now starting to play out. And yeah. those are the things that didn't factor into account. And as a result now, we have to really change our minds in terms of what is the defensive sector? What is the actual growth? And what is the competitive advantage, you know? So, and that's what they've been struggling with. Where even with Cure, it's the exact same thing. The economy has completely, mm. you know, made it much more difficult to navigate. And, you know, even though I still believe structurally um, the, the prospects are there, it's just going to take, you know, three to five years as opposed to the, you know, or maybe actually more than five years as opposed to the three to five year story that they had when they first came into the market, yeah. pitching these growth ideas. Okay, it seems uh, uh, the shine and luster of the uh, private school education sector for investors uh, seems to be a lot less shinier than uh, what we had a few years ago. But uh, Noluanzi, always a pleasure catching up with you and uh, thank you very much for taking time out uh, to help us take a look at some of these big stories of the day. Always a pleasure. That there was uh, Noluanzi Mtombeni, uh, analyst at uh, Virgins, uh, or Mergence, I should say, Mergence Investment Managers, and uh, joining us here uh, to uh, wrap up the top business stories that have been moving markets on this Wednesday.